do that stuff. That's you know. Yeah. Right. Hey, we're back. Hey, Fat Fish. I'm Brad Granny Grunberg, aka Snacks, and that is we got some new swag. That's Eric Fish Snyder. What's up, buddy? You know what? Get it. You know, look, I I I did a podcast for two years with John Daly, and I miss him. But when we when we parted, I get the chance to meet you, a bear of a man. And you all of a sudden, I, I look, Vicky, my wife, Vicky goes, there's, there's some from UPS. I look up and there's a shirt for myself and my son who helps with the graphics on the show, Max. And these wonderful caps. Brad's got the ball cap on. Yes. And I have the fat fish shirt on. But look, we have a couple of models here. I mean, who's that? Who's that modeling? That's, that's my 91 year old father who put the put the lid on for us. Does he look great? Uh, well, your dad outkicked his coverage because most men's wives are much better than looking than the husbands. Uh -huh. All right. Look at this beauty. Look at There's that. My mom wearing the shirt and hat. Does she look great? You know she's what? Eight, your mom looks very uh, look, and she's got to be in her 80s, correct? 82. Yes, sir. Looks great. So look? your dad, wow. She got himself, she got herself a real panther there. He's nine yeah. years older than your mom. My dad was nine years older than mom. Yep. Yep. Huge. Cradle Robert. We, we thank we, you know, we thank you, Brad, for for giving the swag and and we're wearing the threads and we're we're on we're in show number 23. And uh we have a special guest later. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and tease it, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about things that we have to do to make society better. And um Making society better. Um, I'm trying to indoctrinate Brad. Brad is the biggest NBA fan I know. If you oh, do yeah. a podcast about basketball, not only does Brad know and his best friends, one of them was Steve Kerr, the, the, the coach of the five-time or six-time. Still my good friend. Still. NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. But Brad knows technique about basketball. But I got to get him immersed into my favorite sport, which is football. Look at this meme. <laughs> Raiders so will start crazy. them young. You know, you know that the, the Raiders and the Cowboys are the two most polarizing teams in the league. You love them, right? There's no one that says, I don't really care about the Raiders or the Cowboys. You love them or you hate them. And uh we, we started young in, in with, with the NFL. Are you are you watching hard knocks? I'm watching hard knocks. I'm you know, I have a couple questions for you. I really enjoy it, and I you know, I'm not a really big uh you know, uh, um, what's his name? Aaron uh, Rodgers. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers fan. But, you know, is he just playing to the cameras or is he really a goof? He he goofs on himself. He goofs on others. He's really like everybody loves him. He, he, all the team, all the, all his teammates are, this guy's great. This guy's great. And he's so technical. You know, he's teaching the younger guy what how to, how to do this, how to do that. I'm impressed. I, I'll tell you, I'm impressed. I might have uh, to re re rethink my Aaron Rodgers. I might have well, to. Yeah. Go ahead, keep going. No, I'm just saying. I, I you know, he's 39 years old. I don't, I don't believe he's going to win another Super Bowl. I think, uh, you know, when you get to a certain point, he's in great shape for a 39 year old. But these young guys coming around left or right end, man, they're, they're going to clean his clock. I just, that's my. I hope not, but uh, we'll see. You know what? It's a wait and see. And uh, what about your Raiders, man? They killed. Well, them. let's go back. Let's go back to Hard Knocks. I thought it was great. That was unscripted. That no one, Leave Schreiber, who has been the voice of Hard Knocks for twenty four years, yeah. has never appeared mm -hmm. ever at a training camp. And it's funny behind the scenes. And of course, you being in one hundred and twenty 
maybe you were in one of these episodes. I don't I never asked you, but he knew behind the scenes, he knew Lee Schreiber's all his work, but he never knew about Ray Donovan, which is a show this guy did for eight years exactly, <laughs> on, on Showtime. And they didn't show it during the show. They cut it out. But Lee was a little bit, you know, a uh, little famished that he didn't yeah. know. But that's Rogers. Rogers might be a douche to yeah. his family and in real life. But in the thing he has to do well, it's analogy is this. I hate to say it. What if and, and you've been around people. You mentioned people at the Fox commissary and people. You might There might be a person you've worked with that's a real douche as an actor. But my God, Brad, when they're on set, they deliver. And their performances are so great that it comes across on the screen or TV and, you know. Yeah, but it's really about getting along with the crew and getting along with the family. You know, you see people on a set more than you see your own family. You spend, you know, 13, 14 hours with these people. And, you know, it's really how you conduct yourself. You know, if you're full of yourself, you know. I remember, here's a story. I was doing a family film uh, and, uh, and, uh, Don Johnson was in it. It was uh, a really funny story. It was a very funny movie starring Nick uh, Nick Swartzen about a uh, special needs guy, a porno star who could shoot far. Okay, and he was born to be a star. That's you. And I'm standing in front of craft service, and Don Johnson walks up, and he looks at the PA, and he goes, uh, "Can you get me some tea?" And he was right in front of the craft service. Donnie, baby, Sonny Crockett, turn the fuck around and get your own cheese. That that's unacceptable to me. You you understand what I'm saying? It's like well, yeah. Well, look at look at this way. You you've dealt with that, and you talked about Kevin Klein and Harry Hamlin, and I, I think that's when you come out and say and throw people that that shows your honesty. So think about that. Use the analogy of all right. You have to be great to the people and the crew in the set. That's what Rogers is. They love him. They yeah. the the trainers love him because. He knows, look, you could you could not like the way the person is and what he thinks about politics, but there's a reason why he's great. Because one, like Tom Brady, he doesn't he knows how to read a defense real quick and he knows accuracy and throwing the football, and he's great on the set. And I, I don't know if the Jets are gonna go to the Super Bowl. I agree with you, but that's yeah. a seven and ten team last year with the great defense that's gonna get better and make the playoffs. Now the, it, it's almost like maybe the immediacy of the movie Entourage, if, if you watch the movie, that the film had to do good or Adrian Greer, Adrian Grenier's character, Vinny was going to lose his career, Ari Gold's going to lose his career. They're all in with the Jets. That coach is gone if they don't do well and Rodgers will be gone. So it's a fun story to watch. I like watching him tutor the young guys. And you asked about my Raiders. The Raiders played the 49ers yesterday. And I'm watching the game with my son and my family at the house. And I have a lot of friends in one. There was 80% 49er fans in, at, at the Raider game in in Las Vegas. I still got a problem with that, and I have to get use my anger management to get over it. But the Raiders look good. And it was fun to watch the preseason game. Just happy football is back. And I'm going to get you more immersed in this sport way, as, we, you, as we go along. What the fuck are you so angry about? What's wrong with you? We're, we're, uh, we're, I'm we're angry at that. that the, you have a hit show. I you get to hang out with me. Thank God I talked to you. Uh, you I, I have, have I have, have a lot to be thankful for. Mister. Look, I mean, honest, my anger management is not directed at people. I I used to have road rage crazy, and that's living in L.A. Oh, you oh, know, wow. I was just back there for my for my nephew's wedding and going from Culver City to Santa Monica on the ten. Yeah. All right, at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday took thirty five minutes and it's six miles, and you oh. live in that every day. I know. You do. I don't. 
that's why the, the, the fact that you have the veneer that you do is yeah. insane because well, it you got to admit brad uh, come on be come clean talk about what you do when you sit in traffic for two hours do you well, listen to podcasts well i'm going to be honest with you you know with the strike uh i was a lift driver for five and a half years okay? there you go and when COVID hit, I stopped because I didn't want to bring anything home home to my mom and dad. But I'm back. I'm back in the seat, man. I'm back lifting because I have to. I mean, I'm I'm not working. I'm on strike. I have this Fakakta show that I'm doing. Career's over. But no, I, I <laughs> no. But it's so tough. Yesterday I did like three rides. It takes like 45 minutes. And by the way, here's the split. When I first started with lift. It was 80, 20, 80 for me, 20 for the company. Then it went down to 75, 25. Now it's 50, 50, sometimes 40 for me, 60 for them. It's un unbelievable. Impossible. Fuck that. I'm going to go as far as I can. I got to support my mom and dad. I got to support my family, but it's tough. My heart goes out to anybody who's a Lyft driver, Uber driver, any driver in LA, because it is, I mean, it, 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 it plays your mind. It really, it's, it's, it, you get so tired when you get home, you just go right to sleep. You know? yeah. By the way, I put, then, a new picture up. I put a new picture up right here. You see over my shoulder, that's yeah. Annie, Annie, my beautiful daughter, and myself. When I first got her, she was a puppy. And then above it, that fish. You see that, baby? I'm so, I'm so proud of that picture. Look over my shoulder. Yeah. Annie. Oh, people, people say, what does fat fish mean to you? And I said, well, it's a hobby. And I get so excited about doing the show with that guy right there. And yes, we're trying to monetize. Every podcast is trying to monetize. But when you open up, like you said, I'm going to say it again. It was very endearing. When you open up a, a package and it's it's this. And this schmuck didn't tell me what was coming. Guy's got no money. And he put money in the T-shirts. So, hey, hit click below on there. We got to do, do a little business sometimes. So, you know, we if, if you can. Kick below and subscribe to us. The more the more viewers we get, yeah. you know, maybe we could we can get this guy from Stop Driving Drunks around LA to strip clubs. I mean, that's what we need to do. And maybe we can sell some of our swag, baby. Hey, man. Yeah. Some people, I'm telling you, wearing this hat or wearing that shirt, you, some some of these young guys, man, you wear it. You know, the ladies, it's a magnet. I mean, what's fat fish? Where can I watch it? And you're well. I'm friends with. Uh, fish and grunting it you know you never know i'm gonna i'm gonna promote something you have to get me a video i've seen it so brad was in vegas a couple of weeks ago and he's at a place called wet republic and he's sitting there by the pool and he's dressed you know when you see these guys in the 20s where they dress with the suspenders on they don't want to show their full bodies by the pool and there's like nine beautiful i mean absolutely stunning women and they're going to spray this guy they're going to give him the bottle service when he gets that to me on the mp4 thing we're going to open the show next week with that because that's what Fat Fish is about. To look at the expression on Brad's face when nine women are spraying him and he's wet and you see his nipples come out of his shirt like that. <laughs> I almost got a boner. It was great. And I, I look, I'm very successful. I'm very happy and safe in my skin. This is from my very good friend, Casey Evans. Casey Evans is a great bartender in town. He works at a, a, down the road. He's, he's like a young me and a terrific human being. And him and his girlfriend working the same joint. We're going to have them on the show in a couple of weeks. All that's right. about your mom. She looks 60. Uh, she does, man. Casey. Thank you. My yeah. mom's young, young at heart. And she, wow. uh, you know, whatever happens in her life, she just keeps moving forward. 
and she doesn't get bitter and angry. Why me? But she's healthy, thank God. And uh, I'm so blessed. That's why 10 and a half years ago, I moved back in with my parents to take care of him because they gave me, this guy, the greatest life in the world. So it's payback time, baby. Payback. No, no. They brought you up and your brother Greg and your sister Tiffany to be great people. You gave yourself the degree. You always say that on the show. You gave, you took what they gave you, the tutelage, and you made yourself a great life. You know, I, I when you walk into my bar, everyone gets excited because you throw 20s around. You know, it's like, and it's funny. And, 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 and the girls that work in my place aren't giving you lap dances, buddy. No, it's funny because I go into your wallet and take those 20s and then I pass them out. So wow. Funny. Talk about it. <laughs> all right. All right, Iskovich. Take out, take out some <laughs> of these. That is. Whoever that is. Well, that's a, just that. That's you. Oh, uh, let's do that. Yeah, so uh, don't tell me about your childhood problems. I was forced to watch Lawrence Welk as a kid. <laughs> Brad, did you ever watch Lawrence Welk? Yes, I did. Your family? Explain, I to, explain to our audience who Lawrence Welk was and then how good they have it now. My grandma liked Lawrence Welk, so I watched it with her. He was a conductor, I believe. Uh, he had a TV show. I, did he get laid? That's all I care about. Did Lawrence he had Welk to. He, he, he was a conductor, and I don't think he – I think he couldn't really speak English. And it helped him. Yeah. And he brought acts on. It's like almost like Joe Franklin. We talked about Joe Franklin's late night show. Bringing yeah. on like, here's Bubbles the Clown well, and, 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 and so, his blind yeah. parrot doing card tricks. He brought acts on that were like musical guests. Here's – Here's here's Brad Gromberg, the deaf and blind polka player. But look how he does it when he the moon, the you know? Show. Yeah. So maybe check it was this out. Gong show. Maybe it was the gong show. So the you know the you know the Cowboys home to the Big Twelve. <laughs> oh, that's that's a knock on Dallas. You like to make fun of Dallas Cowboy fans because they're so cocky, but there's a big thing going on in LA right now that the USC and UCLA fans are just oh, irate. Pac twelve. Brad it's and I horrible. grew up, we talked about this in every show. We talk about the strike. What it affects people. And then when you grow up in L.A., it's like growing up in the Midwest with the Big Ten. Right. Uh, you know, we grew up with the Pac-10. It meant so much in basketball. It's now the Pac-12, and now it's nothing. In the span of three, four weeks, you got four teams left. And the almighty was, dollar is killing college yeah, football. I, I, I was listening to a, uh, a radio talk show. The reason why the Pac-12 blew it, they made, they made their deal was 10 years. It should have been shorter. Because if you make it a six-year, then you can renegotiate uh, depending on you know what's out there, what you know what what the what what the climate's uh, you know what the climate is. When you make a ten-year deal, they got you. They got you by the short hairs, and that's what where they fucked up. And you know USC and UCLA, they could just go for you know the the, the almighty dollar, just like you said. It's horrible. How many teams do we have left after this year? Four. Four. Yeah. The Cal, Packers. Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State. And Cal and Stanford tried to get into the um, ACC, which is Clemson, Florida State. And they said no, you know, because wow. I who knows? Maybe Cal and Stanford's too smart for those. Uh, well, I'm going to get pissed a lot of people off, those <laughs> those inbreds down there. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a big college football fan. I, I love it almost as much as I do pro football because of the – just the ambiance of it and the, and the fun and the folk and the folklore and the less politics. That being said, we grew up. I know you grew up a UCLA fan. So did I. Yeah. Now, now you went to the University of Arizona. Let me ask you this. When you went to when you went to to uh, Bear Down down in Tucson, 
Did your love for UCLA? Did you lose your love for UCLA, or did you still keep it and move it for Arizona? Uh, no, I'll I'll bear down. Bear, I'll bear, bear down. down Arizona, bear down red and blue. Let me explain something to you. I got a question. You're smarter than me. Does that go for basketball too? Uh, now, does the basketball teams go to the Big Twelve too? How, how does this work? Or is it just that, a- that's yeah. up in the air? That that's that, oh. that's the gray area. I, I hope not. I hope they can keep the Pac-12 basketball because college basketball is huge. And you yes. need that West Coast thing. You need, to, yeah. you need the rivalries. And you need, you know, I mean, USC and UCLA now is in, in not this year. So last year, I mean, God, can you imagine that this is the last year? And I think USC and UCLA always play in November. I think they played the Coliseum, the, the right. great Coliseum in, yeah. in, in uh, downtown. That's the last time they'll play that game uh, for the Pac-12. And that's the Pac-12 is over 103 years old. You know, terrible. your dad, way, your dad was a kid. Well, your dad grew up in New York. But when your dad was a kid growing up, your dad was dad's 91. So let's say your dad is 12 years old in the 30s or however old that my math stinks. All right. He's watching the Pac-12, you know, and, and it's it's going away. It's going to go away in his lifetime. Let Sad. me ask you a question. Who's your favorite basketball team? You live in Vegas. Who do you root for basketball wise? Yeah. Texas. Well, I'm with the University of Texas. University but of my favorite, my yeah, yeah. I love Arizona. Great. I mean, you, was Lute Olson there when you were there? Yeah, first, my first year was Ben Lindsay. He came from Grand Canyon College. We were like one and 25. Then Lute Olson came in and he right the ship. Oh. And uh, that's when Steve Kirk came in. And that's when the party really began. I love Lute Olson. May he rest in peace. But man, was he a great 1997 Arizona, Kentucky, overtime. Miles Simon, get on my motherfucking back. We're going to win this mother. And he did it. Oh, my gosh. One Great. of the most exciting games ever. Well, I did that because of my son. And I went to a game with him at the, at the um, uh, what's his, what's his name name there? Right by the, I, what's, what's, what's the name of the basketball? Uh, that's oh, probably McHale called Center. the Lute Olsen Arena at now. McHale Center. McHale Center. There you go. And uh, so it's UCLA, it's Texas, Arizona, UCLA. I love the sport. I, I said, um, it, it, it's a shame what's going on, but, um, I'll tell you this. I remember that 97 team. Wasn't Sean Elliott on that team? Uh, yes. Sean Elliott. Oh, it was Great career in the NBA. Was, it was unbelievable. Um, um, uh, Arenas. Gilbert uh, Arenas. Gilbert Arenas, I think, yeah. was on that team. It was phenomenal because everybody was all over Kentucky, and we just kept moving up, moving up, moving up, moving up, and we made it. And uh, it was so exciting, man. Let me ask was, you this, because you this is the chance for you to, to – to, um, enjoy a championship at your alma mater. All right. So when you're there, not until 1997, I'm 37, you're four years. So you're, you're in the early 30s. Where did you watch the game and where did you party afterwards? When I was at you. Well, no, in 1997, obviously, I'm oh, thinking I was 37 years old. You're four uh, years younger. So you're still I, in your I, young I, 30s. You're out of school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think where I, did you watch the game and where I, did you party after? You have to remember. Yeah, I think I was home. I watched it at home because I was so scared that we were going to lose. I watched it at home with my dad. And did I party afterward? I partied so much in college, bro. Fish, I I really partied myself out. I just, you know, I just watched it and I was just so excited. And uh, truth be told, I just for shits and giggles, I put like when when they were like 14 to one to win it all, I put 200 bucks on it. 
Then it was eight, eight to one. I put 300 bucks. I mean, I kept adding to my, and I won some money, some nice money, but I'll tell you something. I just wanted them to win because Tucson, Arizona is not some sleepy town. They're a real college town, man, with real fans. And I'll tell you, when I was there, it was like a retirement community. So what I did, me and my buddy, Taylor Samuels, guy in my fraternity, we used to dress up as unofficial mascots. We called ourselves the Plaid Brothers. And that's how I got a a part in Revenge of the Nerds. And we used to dress up like as Madonna. We dressed up as Hare Krishnas. And we go down, I mean, we would get in and go right down to the floor and stand in front of the uh, back of the basket. And like, I remember AC Green shooting a free throw to, to win the game. We put up a poster of Heather Thomas. He misses. Brock Runkers gets it to Pete Williams. Slam dunk. We win the game. After the game, AC Green walks up to us in the tunnel. And goes, man, what's your, what's your, what's your fucking problem? You know, he, oh, I'm sorry. He's, he's very religious. What's your problem, man? That was, that was BS. All of a sudden, Pete Williams walks in front of us. He goes, you got a problem with them? Then you got a problem with me. Let's go. Yes. Great story. Yeah. Uh, seriously, AC Green back down. You know, you know, AC Green, I got two things on that. Yeah. One, AC Green is a huge, he, he said, I'm staying celibate until, you know, I get married. He's involved with magic and hanging out with those Laker teams that were just all partiers. Number right. two, when you say you partied a lot in college, before we get some more memes, then we'll bring a guest on. Um, were you, whenever I see the movie Tommy Boy and it opens up with Chris Farley in college and he's smoking a bong and getting drunk, yeah. that reminds me of you. Were you that guy that that had the frat that, Brad, go, go get the pizzas and you're the guy who got the strippers to come to the dorms and you're the, you were the guy that they went to to get shit done. Is that true? Well, I was Rush Chairman. Okay. Oh, there it is. I was Rush Chairman. I was uh, Eric Stratton. Damn, glad to meet you. <laughs> Come on over here for some free blood, blood life. But that- I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Um, I never smoked pot in my life. All my friends, they were doing coke in the house. They were dealing coke. I never wanted anything because I saw what it did to people. You know, I saw it ruin their lives. A lot of these guys, you know, after a year, they they went back home with their tail between their legs. I just, I was high on life. You know, everybody says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do rails with you, man. Oh, man, you on coke is going to be unbelievable. And I go, I'm crazy to begin with. I don't need that stuff. But I will tell you one story. I think I, I talked to, did I tell you how I lost my virginity? Yeah, you said it on two podcasts. So we're yeah, going to move I, on. I'm so proud of that because yeah. it's like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Gary, Gary. Yeah. Oh God! Oh God! Fish. I mean, that was one of the highlights oh, of my life. I, I I got the girl's story, and you're going, oh God! Oh God! Oh God! And she said to Brad, "Can you put it in, please?" <laughs> no, it was actually, Brad first hired an old Don Rickles. That Don Rickles is a friend of Brad, but Don Rickles said, "There's an old joke where a guy, I meet a girl, we go back to the hotel." And I get naked, and she says, who are you going to satisfy with that? And Brad said, I guess me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a few more memes, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk some stuff, right? Yeah, Check okay, this one out. You got it. Yeah. Read that. <laughs> the thing about smart people is they sound like crazy people, too. I can't read the bottom. They sound like crazy people to dumb people. <laughs> uh, Einstein, my man. All uh, right. Check this out. This is great. 
All right. When people sing happy birthday to you, this is you just sit there and look like this. Like I'm trying to be happy that you're doing this. And then we got a couple of you now. Brad was just in Vegas, and this is who we hooked up with to try and at Wet Republic and all the strip clubs he went to with uh, John Hyatt. Doesn't I use a camera on on no, fucking podcast? Yeah, Hyatt, man, took me. Yeah, this is John. This now this is John Hyatt, Brad Grunberg, and their two wing people. Look at this first one. <laughs> oh my god look at that how did you get that picture of me how did you get that? that's not you buddy that's a, you know that's what what happens in vegas stays in vegas and then this person went out with john hyatt and brad the spearmint rhino and look look who scored and look who didn't that person scored you know <laughs> jesus wow could you play that in the film sure i did you see me in the miss congeniality too no Oh, I'm going to send you that for next week. I played uh, Elizabeth Taylor, the bouncer, at this, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, cross-dressing club uh, in the movie. <laughs> oh, it's great. I, I, I was great as Elizabeth Taylor. I had to put on a dress, panties, the whole bit. I still do because I really enjoyed it. But, uh, no, I'll tell you something. Uh, Vegas was so much fun. And I want to thank John Hyatt. For, uh, he took me on this amazing, incredible uh, strip cr- strip club crawl. First the Palomino, then this new call, the club called Honey's, and then to the Spirit Rhino. And I'm telling you, and I told you this, I, I if I did, I'm going to say it again. I asked 10 girls the same question. They go, ah, I want to go back to the champagne room, $1,500. I go, sure. Uh, $500 in the VIP room. I go, fantastic. I go, I just need one thing. And they go, what? You're so handsome. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Right. You're beautiful. Uh, you're better looking than Brad Pitt. I showed him my abs, you know. And I said, I just want, what do you want for that? I go, I just want to make out with you. I just want to Mac Daddy kiss you. They go, they look at me like that. Oh, put that thing back on. The, 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 put that monkey back on. That's the way they looked at me. That's the way they, at me. they said, what the, what are you talking about? I'm never going to fucking kiss you. I go, wait a minute. I don't understand something, Fish. Okay. They're, they're going to be down my pants. They're going to be, their tongue's going to be everywhere on my body, but you won't kiss me. What is this world coming to? I just want a goddamn kiss. I just want a kiss. Please help me, fish. I just want to make out with a girl. Don't, don't you know what the moral demographics of a hooker is? That if you've ever had one, and I never have, um, <laughs> you can't kiss them. Even girls, you can't, you know, they can, they'll do anything to you for a price. They don't yeah. want to kiss you. Okay, yeah, that's because it's the pretty woman syndrome. Julie yeah. Roberts wouldn't kiss Richard Gere. That's the one thing they they hold sacred to themselves yeah. for that special guy. But I'm the special guy. I'm paying you fifteen hundred dollars for a bottle of fucking champagne. I don't know. I kiss you for fifteen hundred dollars, and then I go oh, get I get a lobotomy. Um, <laughs> I had to show this first, real quick. The Raiders said, "Show this thing." It's a nice little light up, light up thing of the Raiders in the Hall of Fame. I'm just so excited they won a game. Check out this meme, and I got <laughs> I want you to look at it. What do you? What's the first thing you see when you see that? One of the greatest pleasures of my oh, reading a reading a sports page. Yeah. I know. Okay. What does that look like, though? It looks like a guy. Is could that be a girl in his lap? Do you see that at all? Oh. 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 Yeah. 
Oh, I see her. Oh, but look at his face. Look at his face. No yeah. reaction. Nothing. And at the bottom, if you see anything else, you're a sick person. No, you're not. That's a. I looked at that. Oh, I go, oh my yeah, god. You know how can they show this meme on a, on a regular on a Facebook page? And I, I said, it. and it's true. He's reading the book, yeah. and you can see the book. But this is called subliminal <laughs> advertising, everybody. I think that's, that's subliminal. What? I don't read books, scripts, and the sports page. That's all. You don't read books? No. I read, really? I read enough books in college. Oh, by the way, I did a little experiment in college. One semester, I didn't buy books. I yeah, I wanted to see if I could pass classes, and I did. I don't really? Know how I did. No, not listening to the professor. I had uh, I had test files. I had uh, I, I'm uh, here, this is me. This is me in college. Ready? I always wore hats. <laughs> if you sat next to me, I'd be cheating. I'd be I'll be in your fucking lap. Okay. You know, wow. I, yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I think Steve Kerr is going to let me come to uh, Chase Center and give a Chris Farley motivational speech to the team before a game. Because I have the, one of the greatest Steve Kerr stories of them all. That's how we bonded for life. It's one of the greatest. We'll get that on video. I just love the fact that when you went to the Clipper game against uh, the Golden State late in the season, they lost. The, the Golden yeah. State lost, and he's out there after the game chopping it up with you, and, he, and he's being – you know, some coaches, when they lose, uh, I'll be out there, and then uh, if that's Popovich, forget it. He's not coming out there to talk to you. Right. But he came out, and he was – he was just uh, gregarious and fun oh. and had a great time and, and just playing the game with you and yeah. putting in. And, and that just shows um, what a, what a great, I, I would love to meet this guy. So you will, you will. No, he, he is who he is when I, when he scored 35 against me and I played against him at Pally, uni Pally. And he just dropped 35 on me. I, I had to guard him. It was, you had to guard him. Yeah, I had to guard coach goes, go in and guard Kerr. I go, okay. That didn't last too long. Okay. Let's talk about this. That Chuck's uh, Tavern in North Durango. Um, we're gonna have to do a bartender segment pretty soon. I'm gonna we're gonna do a we're gonna do a segment about yeah. uh, Casey Evans and his beautiful girlfriend Jay work together or work shifts, but they work in the same place. That dynamic. And where I work at Chuck's Tavern, Josh and Jeremy, a father son, runs the joints. Josh is the general manager, and Jeremy is the uh, the assistant. Um, wow, manager, and it's unbelievable the, the dynamic, and it's just neat because Josh has been doing it so long. He's one of my best friends in the business, and I know him because I, I ran a rival, run a rival store, a store in the same company. But he always had my back, and he's teaching his son the ropes. And it's a great business to get into the restaurant business. Think about this. I read a thing in Esquire magazine, and Brad, this pertains to you. And, and, and thank you, Shucks Tavern, for just being a wonderful establishment. Thank great you. food, great They always fun. take care of me. Not the bartender, but the staff there always takes care of me when I Bartenders take care of you. Well, maybe no, not no, me. No, no. You have some really cute bartenders, but when you get behind the bar, I get fucked, okay? I wish you didn't show up for work. Then I would have a better time. Thanks. Okay. Well, let's get to the real meat potatoes. Is it, you know what's true in 95% of all relationships? You're, think about you. Let's go to you. On your first, first, second, or third date, 95 to 98% of the time, it's in a restaurant or a bar. That pertains to me. I can go back. I met my wife in a, in a nightclub. And think about all the dates you had. And think about, think about all the hookers you've taken out that you paid to be on your arm. Me? You, oh, come on. No. Uh, uh, Brad, 
If you look, if you look at escort services in a dictionary, your name's next to it. As far as <laughs> no, number mm -hmm. one client. I love you to death, but you know, we're, we're real here on Fat Fish. We you are. got these t-shirts. Let's get real. So if that's the case, think about if, you, if you're an escort, you took them to maybe took them to a show. But after the show, was there a drink involved or food? Yeah. Well, I'll ask you if there's food. Come on. Go ahead. Think <laughs> sure. about it. Am I right? Charlie Sheen, with all his Michigas, he came up with the great, why do you go out with hookers? Why do you go out with strippers? You pay them to leave. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, a lot of ways, you, know, you don't want, you know, you want a relationship. It's true. I died here. wrote a check to Heidi Fleiss. Who writes checks to strippers and hookers? Charlie Sheen. But he, uh, okay, just one time, one time. Yeah. You write a check to this guy wrote a check to strippers. Wait a minute, there, there's you write you take out markers at casinos for strippers and hookers. All right, then you when you write a check to these girls, you say, wait a couple days to cash it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, listen, all these guys when Heidi Fleiss got busted. And by the way, I like Heidi Fleiss because she was real. I did a, um, a pay per view event with her right when she was. And by the way, she didn't get caught for. For prostitution, it was not paying her taxes. That was the big. That's why she went to jail. So it's funny. Uh, some guy met me, like met my name Johnny Cocktails. He saw me at the Tropicana, and he says, "I got something for you, guy. Show up Saturday at this place." And I showed up, and there was Heidi Fleiss, and she was like, you know, standoffish. And then I walk up to her and I say, "Nice to meet you, Heidi. Uh, my name is uh, Johnny Cocktails." And then I started doing this. She goes, you're Jewish? I go, yeah. She goes, I like you. And that broke the ice. So we're in a limo for 24 hours doing these wraparounds for this bikini contest. She told me stories. Oh, my. Oh, my. Well, let's save that for next one. I yeah. want to hear the stories. Uh, yes. Wow. I like Heidi. Shout out to Heidi. I hope you're doing well. Shout out to Heidi Fleiss. And, you know, you bring up the tax thing. Look at Al, Cap Al Capone. All that he brought got taken down by taxes. You know? Yeah, exactly. Takes out the big fit. Hey, real quick, before we bring our guest on, um, it's, it's, it's going to be a special time. with. Uh, we're going to bring on a guy named Andrew Klein, who's a very dear friend of Brad. And Brad will introduce him. Uh, all I want you to know is that um, I'm getting an epiphany in my life and I feel good and I'm working out and I'll be 63 next month. So hard knots goes on tomorrow night and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to talk about this guy because I'm giving Rogers a run for his money. Look at that guy. <laughs> huh? Handsome guy. Yeah. That's wow. They call me uncle Rico at, uh, at Chuck's. Remember uncle Rico, the character from Napoleon dynamite. Yeah, but aren't you a lefty or a righty? I'm a righty. Oh, I thought I'm you were a lefty. I'm a righty, man. I can, I can still sing the football. I'm not kidding. Wait, that's my wait, nephew. That's my son. Every, do you do everything with your right hand, if you know what I mean? Look at this guy. Uh, no, ask Heidi Fleiss. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you're ambidextrous when it comes to uh, oh spanking the monkey. Uh, you know what? I, I, you're I, married this, this to is... a gorgeous woman. You have a fantastic life. You said before the show you went in for the military shower, five-minute shower. Yeah. Don't tell me when you went downstairs you didn't, you know, rub one out. Come on. We're See, your mind's at no. I, 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 I could shower shout, shout and shave in five minutes. I, you know, I always wanted, before we bring Andrew on, the great thing. I have never, my brother, I love him to death. I'm not going to mention his name because, you know, I have a couple of them. It takes 20-minute showers. What the fuck are you doing for 20 minutes in the shower? I get in. I froth up through my hair. The, the water district loves me. The, the conservationists love me 
because I don't know what you do in the shower. You know, if I want to do something with my hand, I'd rather do it in front of a computer. Now, let's segue a little bit here. Okay? Check, please. Checkmate. Ah, uh, there it is. Andrew Klein, ladies and gentlemen, my dear friend. I met Andrew in seventh grade. This guy has, he's, he's the salt of the earth, heart of gold. He owned um, a, uh, 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 overseas garage in Long Beach for many, many years. And he sold it and he moved to Texas. We've kept in touch. We just saw each other at our 40 year high school reunion. But if you ever need something in life, this is the guy to go to. He, he, he I mean, he's amazing. The people that he has touched, he's touched my life and so many others. Andrew, thank you for being on the show. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. You got it, buddy. We're going to talk about a very, very serious subject, uh, bullying and uh, bullying on, on social media. And, yes, uh, sir. And uh, Andrew, I'll let you have the floor. Please tell us the story about uh, your beautiful daughter, Molly. So, again, thanks for having me. This is my first time really talking about this publicly. Uh Tomorrow will mark four months that uh, my beautiful daughter took her life <clears throat> due to bullying. She was 13 years old. <clears throat> and the bullying, uh, it didn't stop at school like it did for our generation, right? It would, it would stop. You go home to your home, your, your house, and uh, it would stop at that point in time. Now they have these. And, of course, it follows them home. And it is absolutely just relentless. It's nonstop. Molly's case is still under an active investigation here in the state of Texas. <clears throat> so I can't talk too much in detail about that. I could tell you that Molly's class, she went to Cornerstone Christian Academy here in Texas. She was a class of 14 last year. Now there's five. <clears throat> wow. Um, unfortunately, it looks like uh, I've got a little list here. Uh, five or six of them are going to funnel to my school. I'm a teacher here at the high school. Um, I teach auto shop. So as far as them coming into my class, I don't really at this point need to worry about that because my class is comprised of juniors and seniors. Uh, but, you know, I actively walk around the school to teachers classrooms to get their keys to work on their cars. So there's a little bit of anxiety setting in, of course. Um, a few things about my girl, Molly. She loved to sing. <clears throat> she had such an incredible voice. <clears throat> she loved driving her golf cart around our community. <clears throat> we live in a gated, a really, really nice gated community. We have got two awesome fishing ponds and uh, Molly just loved sunsets, and that was her deal every night. She'd get on the golf cart or the four-wheeler Polaris and ride it down to the pavilion. The week ensuing after Molly's death, the community reached out. They were doing prayer every night at the, at the ponds there. And uh, we had a golf cart ride for Molly on that Wednesday night. And there must have been 200 plus people. We left the front gates open for people to come in from outside the community. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, outpouring of support. Everybody wore, wore Molly's uh, favorite color, which is pink. We all had our pink shirts on, pink flowers. It was, it was, uh, 
it was a beautiful thing to see. The outpouring of support has been absolutely amazing. Uh, not only here, but also in California, where I'm from. Uh, Molly loved thrift shopping. She went thrift shopping that day with her uh, cousin and picked up a few cool things. And she was, uh, you know, three really cool shirts. She picked up a cool purse. I remember in the kitchen, I'm rummage, I was rummaging through it. And she's, well, Dad, what are you doing? And I said, I just want to make sure there's no money left in it. She started laughing, chuckled, and said, <laughs> I already checked that. <laughs> um, my, my wife and I are starting a nonprofit. It's called Molly's Challenge. And Molly's Challenge is, it started based on just saying 10 kind things or nice things a day to somebody, right? Like, hey, I really like your nails or your hair looks great. I did the kicks you're wearing. Those are some cool Nikes, just, just little little things, right? It doesn't have to be here at school. It could be anywhere. It could be at the grocery store. It could be at the Target, the Walmart, Kohl's, wherever. Uh, you, you could say some, a, a child, a teenager could say something kind, like, hey, I, I like those shoes. And that kid you said that to could be having the shittiest day in the world. And you just changed his whole thought process just in that instant by saying a couple of words, basically. This... Uh, <clears throat> this this meanness and this bully crap needs to stop. We need to put a kibosh on it. Unfortunately, this had to happen. But if we can save some some lives and wake people up and get the word out with Molly's challenge, uh, you know our goal is to is to educate and advocate Molly's memory, and it's to inspire the change she deserved. And that that is our mission of our nonprofit. We are going to, uh, we are going to uh, be going social media very soon. Website, Facebook page, Instagram page, Facebook page. I think my, my niece already set it up, but there's some things we want to add to it before it actually, you know, there's going to be a lot of links to it, you know, donation links. We're going to have uh, fundraisers. Uh, I want to put together some uh, fishing derbies for the kids. Uh, my, my ultimate goal maybe someday is to even open up some kind of uh, youth center, uh, a bully-free youth center, right? Have some adults there to monitor it, have some older teens there as maybe counselors. Um, you know, I, I, you see something, you say something, right? You hear something, you say something. I'm going to push that to my kids here at school. In my class, if you're walking through school and you see a kid being bullied, <clears throat> walk up and pull that kid away and say, come with me for a minute, have a chat, have a, ha make that, make that kid know it's going to be all right. Cause no kid deserves this man. No kid deserves this at all. Uh, the, the texts and the messages I have on my phone that I, I copied from Molly's or I, I just can't believe that stuff is said from other kids that are 13, 14 years old. It's, it's horrendous. Horrendous, absolutely horrendous. <clears throat> I met I met Molly a couple times. The sweetest, nicest girl, beautiful. And I think in a lot of ways, these monsters who bully her are jealous. Molly was a beautiful girl, a kind soul. And these assholes 
they get joy out of hiding behind their phone, telling her things that they should never tell anybody. And did, let me ask you, Andrew, did, did Molly ever come to you or Stacy and say, mom and dad, this is going on, or was she just very private about it? Very private about it. Um, I think as most, from what I'm finding out, are. Uh, they don't want to be known as a tattletale. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we did not know about it. Um, I, I even found out some other stuff from some boys that, you know, that said, well, you're, you're, you're just ugly. And, and <laughs> Molly would say, I know, like, Oh, come on. Oh, man. Yeah. Just, just terrible. Yeah, just, just terrible. Can I can I uh, can I share something I I just found online? The incidences of both cyberbullying and adolescent suicide are rising in the United States, with recent Centers for Disease Control and Prevention data showing that 14.9 percent of adolescents have been cyberbullies, and 13.6 percent of adolescents have made a serious suicide attempt. That's as of June 1st, 2023. This is a serious, serious epidemic. And we, 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 need to, we, we need to have conversations about it. Parents need to have conversations with their kids. We have school starting tomorrow. You need to have these conversations, not only about the rise in this, uh, bullying but also in self-harm you know you, you the conversations have to be made and they have to be talked about you, you have to pull the kids aside and talk to them about this so so parents listening please please do that uh one, one thing we failed to do which i'm i'm kicking myself in the ass every day of is i didn't know the code to molly's phone i did it one time but like most teenagers man they, they'll change it so my my son matthew he's He's 12. Brad knows Matthew. And uh, we check his phone every week. And he's pretty transparent about it. it, it it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. Of course, a teenager, they're going to fight you on it. Well, what do you want to see? Why do you need my phone? There's nothing on there for you to see. Uh, you, you just you, you just need to be more aware. I, I, I'm kicking myself, man. I'm I beat myself up, you know, have, have I failed my daughter? Did I fail to see this sign or that sign? What could I have done different? I mean, I, I understand and realize she's not coming home. <clears throat> but again, if Molly's challenge can help save some lives, then I've kept Molly's memory alive and her legacy. You will. Andrew, I want to tell you, you know somebody else who took her own life. Marlene Gamer, my my prom date. That's right. And I was with her and she looked me right dead in the eye and told me I'm going to kill myself. And I said to her, Marlene, I started crying. I said, what is you leave all the destruction behind? I have to deal with this for the rest of my life. She was 47 years old, 12 years ago. And I said to myself, could I have done something different? Could yeah. I have helped her? And I talked to her and I said, we can get through this. She was going to move into my, uh, my condo. We were, uh, I was, she, her business failed. I said, you know what, Marlene, 
Let's just start over. I'll help you. I'll do whatever I need to do to help you. But the problem is we can't be with that person 24-7. And the demons, the demons get to you. So please, I know it's going to take a while, but it's not your fault. It's not Stacy's fault. It's not Matthew's fault. You did everything. You're an amazing father. I've seen you in action. Okay. And I know it'll take time, but to honor Molly, her memory. So this never happens again to another child. Are the parents, are they liable at all? So that's all part of the ongoing investigation. Um, I do know that uh, one set of parents already lawyered up. So the investigator can't even talk to that child without going through the lawyer. And uh, quite honestly, the other the other kids won't even return his call at this point. You know, they probably been told, well, you don't need to call him back or we're still waiting. We're still waiting for talks to come in and we're still waiting for her social media accounts to come in. The investigator put a court order on, I think, four accounts she had or five accounts on social media. So we're waiting on all that stuff to come in. Her phone is over with um, Homeland Security and they're trying to get in. It's a it's an iPhone with six digit code. So it's pretty difficult to get into that phone. Apple is obviously no help. They don't want to. Stacy and I called Apple. Stacy called and, and said, hey, can I get the string of text messages? And they, well, who are you? Well, I'm the owner of the phone. My daughter was 13. She's a minor. I own the phone. I pay the bill on the phone. I'm entitled to that. And they said, no, you're not. You need to go get a you need to go get a court order for us to release any text messages. That's directly from Apple. That is horrible. That I think stuff horrible. like that needs to change too. Yes. You know, um, like I said, the investigator's still waiting to get the online. He said he'll probably get more information from that than on the phone. That's how they communicate these days on Snap and on Instagram and those type of social media sites. So he's waiting for that stuff to come in so he could look at the whole chain of events, I guess. Um, I can, I can relate. Kind of where we're at. The only thing I can relate to is that, you know, growing up, I was called a fat kid. You're fatty. You're this, you're that. And. <clears throat> They didn't do it on the phone. We didn't have phones, you know. That's they didn't right. Have face. It didn't follow you home, right? Yeah, exactly. And I thank God I my parents instilled with me, you love yourself. Don't mm -hmm. worry. And I use my 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 humor to deflect all those. I would make sure. fun of myself. But sure. it's it, it's to a whole nother level what Molly had to deal with. And she was ashamed to talk about it. And it's it, it's sad because this we're gonna show some pictures now. Molly was such a beautiful person. Uh, Fishy got, oh, look at that. Uh, I got two. I got Ernie, that one, Molly. But look at that. Look, look at that. that. Ernie, dad, that is beautiful. Look at that girl. Oh, my God. So happy on your lap. You're protecting her. Look at that. Oh, beautiful girl. God. Oh, man. Molly's middle name, Brad, by the way, was Marlene. Really? That was oh, my mother's name. Oh, wow. Was Mo Molly Marlene Klein? Oh. And I think, I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you, you give the form. I just hate to meet you like this because my heart and our blessings, we're, we're bleeding for you. And we're going to yeah. shout out Molly's challenge. Um, when I, I prepared for this, I was thinking about what Steve Jobs said, who developed the internet, Andrew. And he said, I developed the greatest and created the greatest invention for the 
information highway. And he said this in 1986, and he goes, I also created a bastard that's going to wreak havoc. And, yes. you're, and you didn't have cell phones back then. You say you're from, where, where, where are you in Texas? So I'm in a small town called Granbury, G-R-A-N-B-U-R-Y, Granbury, Texas. Uh, we are 38 miles away from Fort Worth. Okay, yeah. I, I went to college in Austin, and I'm wondering, is the state and local authorities, can you go to someone there to help you with Molly's Challenge? Are they Have they been receptive to what's going on in your plight? Everyone I've spoken to has, uh, including including my school where I teach. Um, I, I have, here's another challenge that a teacher threw out that she's going to incorporate next year in her class. She teaches fourth graders. Once a week, she's going to take two kids, pair them together, and have them write something kind to each other once a week, two different kids. That right there is a step in the right direction. Step in the right direction. And that, that, that's, that's Molly's challenge, right? Saying something kind and something nice. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. My wife's a school teacher here in Las Vegas, and she teaches second grade, and it happens at that level. So when uh -huh. Molly's challenge comes out and you get it on the web, I'm yes, going to get sir. her and her school teachers to, to ingratiate it because you know what? It's starting at a lower level, and you, your daughter, unfortunately, it, it's, it's hard for me to talk about, but I know it is for you. Yes. But we want it. We want to. We want to nip this. It's like when you. It's 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 a cancer, and you want to get it quick. Am I am I right? You're absolutely right. You're you're 100 right. Um, there's a billboard in town that uh, Molly was uh, had this uh, kid in her science class, and um, her parent, his parents own a pretty large construction company here in Granbury, and they put up a really really. Brad, I'll send you a picture of it a really beautiful billboard of Molly. And it says Molly's challenge it says, say, you know, practice saying 10 nice things a day. It's got a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture of Molly uh, over here in our square. We have a really beautiful square. Molly loved the square. And a picture was taken, I believe, a, a week before this happened. Wow. And I will send you a picture of that, Brad. I don't recall if I did or not. Can I send you fish? Should I send you a picture of that? I took it off. Did not, no, I got. I have two pictures. I have. I have another one. I'm going to show of Molly, but the other ones didn't come through. But when you get that picture to me, we'll get it on there. And know this. I know Andrew. In the four months, the grieving process is. It, it's a, what you're going through, is insanity. But we're going to do it on this show. I could promise you. We're going to. We're going to. We're going to shout out Molly's challenge and help you. Thank you so much. Yeah, whatever you need, Andrew, you know we're here for you. Thank you okay. so much. I, I really appreciate you all having me. It's yeah. Uh, I, I have to say, you know, Andrew, you know, I, I in my life I've never seen a lot of emotion out of you. And we talked about this. You've got to be the rock for the family to yes. move on. And I, I'll tell you something. I I be a basket case, and I I don't know how you're still standing, but that just shows the character you have and the love you have for your family mm -hmm. and the people around you. Um, Molly is shining and smiling from heaven down on you, sir. And she loves you so much. I just want you to know that. Thank you, Brad. Yeah. And, uh, um, I think, uh, well, let's show a couple more pictures, and then we're going we're gonna to end with a nice picture of Molly. I got one more picture. So you want to continue this? I got one oh, more picture. We'll end with that. Yeah, so. more. Okay. No problem. No so, problem. so um, yeah, I, all I got to say is that the yeah. fact you put that, that you're four months into this, horrible tragedy in your life and you put together molly's challenge what a great way to do a tribute to your daughter and brad said it perfectly if we could stop two people from this that's right this craziness that goes on and 
you know, it's bullying at all levels. In, in my business, Andrew, you can go on a site called Yelp. You and oh, I yeah. could be at a restaurant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we could say, well, we were at another restaurant and the service is crappy. And you could put that on social media and people seem to believe what they read. That's you know? right. And That's it never right. happened. That's, so at a level, all the bullying right. goes on. It's so it's so amazing at every level of the bullying that goes on and the hurt. We got to stop this. You're, it's, you're, you're right. It's an epidemic. You're you're absolutely right. I had a like Brad said, I had a business there in Long Beach, California for many, 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 many years. And uh, I, I was part of that Yelp. I never responded back. I wasn't going to play into their game. I was still, you know, really, really good on Yelp. But you read some of the right. crap that people post and it's like, uh, really? I don't even remember that happening. Right? No. Well, yeah. I, I, I want to tell a story before we show uh, our last picture. I sent you the billboard post on your phone. Okay, right? okay great. We're going we're gonna to post that. Um, at, at my reunion at my, about a year ago, I was sitting next to Andrew, and he says, why is this guy talking shit about you? And I go, what is he saying? And he's saying this and that. So we have a couple of people that I, I planned this whole reunion and they're still talking shit about me because they're jealous. Jealousy is a disease, okay? They were jealous of Molly. Molly, yep. a beautiful woman, okay? I'm this fat guy who's kind of funny, but the bottom line is jealousy has got to go away, okay? Yeah. You deal with your own fucking shit. Don't mm -hmm. put it off on me and make yourself feel good. That's what they were doing with Molly, telling her this, telling her that, making himself feel good as they're in their parents' basement you know, a loser, no friends, this and that. And it happened to me. And I'll tell you something. I'm going to do everything that I can for Molly and your family. Okay, Andrew? I'm Thank telling you so you. much. I mean it. We've got to do this out. If we save one life or somebody goes to talk to somebody, you know, it's, it, you know, it's okay to talk. Talk it out. Say, this is happening to me. What should I do? Well, let's, let's find the source. Let's get it. Yeah. You got to nip it in the bud and get it done and, uh, you know, like I say, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna have uh, uh, social media stuff will be very soon. Uh, Molly, uh, we do have a uh, we do have an email. Molly's Molly's challenge at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, if anybody wants to, that's that's hooked up to the. It's hooked up to the Facebook and the Instagram. That's gonna, yeah, that's going to all be linked together. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you this. We're going to show sorry. the picture in about 30 seconds, but I yeah. will tell you something, Andrew, you are going to touch lives, Stacey and Matt for the rest of your life. And you're going to help eradicate this horrible stuff that's going on on social media and not even on social media in life. Right in school, when you like right. you said, two, two people are bull or guys bullying a girl, or a girl bullying her girl, and calling her names and belittling her. It's got to stop. We need love, we need compassion, you know, and that's what it's going to do. And that's what we're going to do. And you're going to come back right. on the show, okay? You're going to come back on the show. Anytime. I appreciate you all very, very much. Thank you so and, much. Uh, and Thanks Here's a picture of Molly. We're gonna we're gonna no. set out with. with the and what happened? Uh, there? Okay, that, that's a banner on the bottom there, right? And next on next week's show, and from now on, we're gonna put Molly's Challenge at gmail.com and we're gonna shout it out. Thank and you so let, much. Let, let's 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 help you get through this. Um, 
Like I said, I hate to meet you under these circumstances, but I want to leave the show with this image, and I have nothing else to say on that. Um, we love you, Molly. We'll never forget you. You rest easy.